Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in and a happy Friday, the uh, last Friday of the NBA regular season, and we have quite the day ahead of us in the association. A lot of moving parts in a lot of games, a lot of big spreads, and uh, a lot to sift through. So Kelly Bidlin is alongside, and uh, Kelly, I wanted to start with, as did you, the day's slate, usually we kind of push this back to the back end, but I want to yeah. talk about this a little bit up front because there's so much going on today that like, I, when I was writing my article this morning, and I didn't, I didn't post it, I posted it pretty late, like 9 a.m. Pacific time, because there was just so much where I was like, do I want to put that in? Do I want to put this in? Do I, do I include this? So it's, it's a little bit of a wild day, and it's already becoming more wild with news that has come down over the last hour or so. So how's, how's the day been for you, huh? <laughs> Hey, man, uh, the day's been great so far for me. I got a 99 to 1 ticket on Brooks Kepka, so uh, liking how the Masters is looking. But yes, the NBA side of things, whoa, uh, we got some uh, wild games here. Wild games and wild decisions, I guess, by teams as they're approaching these last couple games. Yeah. So on the board right now, as we're looking at it, by my count, we have one, two, three. We have three teams that are favored by double digits, which you would say, like, that's not that much. But you also have some weird point spreads uh, overall, right? For, for example, Memphis laying eight on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Warriors laying nine and a half on the road against the Sacramento Kings. The Pacers, I, I think laying seven to Detroit's kind of weird, um, right? So there's, there's a lot of weird numbers out there and a lot of double-digit spreads. But what we're referring to is the fact that this is kind of the Wild West because even some of these injury reports – like they're not really accurate. Guys aren't really being included. Then all of a sudden are popping up. The, the best example now, which is kind of a big story, is the Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks are playing the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are, can I just say, kind of pulling some BS here. It's the last couple of days of the season. We don't need to do the cloak and dagger nonsense. Do not list Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine as questionable with rest. Just list them out. Yep. There's no need to do nonsense like that. But that's what Chicago is. I would be shocked if any of those guys played. But we get the news that Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kyrie Irving, Maxi Kleba, and Christian Wood are all out for various reasons, including rest. The Mavericks, except for Luka Doncic, which I want to expand on that momentarily, but it okay. does seem the Mavericks are, are punting on this and want to lock in a top 10 pick. Yeah, and and yeah, punting on the season. I, I, I don't, and you and I were talking a bit about it before uh, recording here. Uh, this is... I don't know. It, this is quite an interesting decision. There, there are. I know there are draft implications, and, and, and you'll jump in. You'll jump into those. But the I, just the fact that you do have you do still have Kyrie or as much as much crap as we've talked about this team. 
you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. You have two of the best basketball players in the world on one team, and you are waving the white flag when you still have a chance to get into the playoffs. And and Kelly, I mean, I was on the NBA League Pass bet stream on Wednesday when they were playing Sacramento, and they're down by double digits. It looked like they're going to get run out. And Kyrie and Luca just start making shot after shot. Yeah. Like they're incredible. Like they still have in any single game a chance to win. And I will say, even now to this point, I mean this. If they get in, I've said this before on this podcast after this trade, they can win any series against anybody. Right. I can, can they win three straight? I don't know. But they can win any series against anybody win, with those I two. Completely agree. And I think it's just more the Man, I mean, he's the one guy playing tonight, but I, I guess I'll call him out here a little bit of like, isn't it the competitive mindset of like, I mean, if you're Luka Doncic, how are you not going crazy over this? Okay. And, and, and I'll throw Kyrie in that too. But if I would think LeBron James, I don't even think you have to do a LeBron versus MJ argument here. If you are a, a guy of this kind of talent level, I would be going nuts of get me in the damn tournament and let me see what I can do. Don't tell me that I got it, that we're not even going to try here. So I think, because I said that I would expand on this, and really quick, because you, you teased to it. For those who don't know, and I think we talked about it before, but for those who don't, um, they're, they owe the Mavericks a top 10 pick, or excuse me, they owe a first-round pick to the New York Knicks. It is top 10 protected from the Porzingis trade. So if it falls inside of the top 10, they get to keep it. So that is why this would this would matter. Right now, they're on the fringes. I think they have the 10th worst record. Uh, in the NBA right now, the Dallas Mavericks do. So they're in competition with the Utah Jazz. They want to maximize the probability of them. It's not about Wembanyama, right? Everybody keeps talking about that. It's tough. Right. These teams that are at the 8th, ninth, 10th worst records are not talking about that. Mavericks want to get a top 10 pick so they can keep it this year and they can use it for something, whether it's going to be to trade it away, whether it's to be to use it, whatever it is. Um, but with that, so the reason why I wanted to expand on Luka is I actually think from a non-betting perspective, Kelly, this is a, fan, fan, a fascinating scenario because I – why would I not think Luca, who on Tuesday I think it was, told the media, "Oh, if there's a if there's a mathematical chance that we're alive, I'm going to play." How would we not know he's probably not freaking out behind the scenes? Yeah, because the fact that he's the only one playing right now yeah. would tell me that the team was like, "Hey guys, we're going to arrest you." And Luca Doncic said, "Bleep that, bleep that. You guys can all sit. I'm playing tonight." And I think that's for a guy who's gotten a lot of guff this season because of the way it has gone. I think that's awesome, and that's exactly what I'm reading into this. Uh, okay, I, I think that's awesome too. If that's what's going on, um, I can't. I guess the part of that I'm shocked by then is the if if you're the Dallas Mavericks, and and I guess I'll just mark you, but I'll call because he is he is everything with the Dallas Mavericks. You are you're you are willing to ruffle feathers with your major right. superstar that you would hope to have there for another. I mean. Dude, how old is Luka Doncic? You're supposed to, you're hoping to have him there for another 15 years. I mean, like, what? These are the moves that that, that irritate star players that what that lead to them demanding to leave this team, to leave mm -hmm. a team. I I don't know, man. It, it's a it's a. I know we are reading really far into it, but it is a very fascinating situation to me because I I just cannot imagine. I think you're probably right now that you put it that way because I can't imagine a star player of that caliber being okay with saying, "Yeah, let's put on the season, let's get let's get better for next year." And and this is the last non-betting tidbit about this angle, but it's very interesting. Did you see the comments of one Tim Hardaway Sr. the other day? No. Quote, "They, being the Dallas Mavericks, are missing a leader out there. Luka is not a leader. Kyrie is not a leader." For me personally, that trade wasn't for them. I think I would have kept what I had because I was fourth or fifth in the Western Conference. What is not broken does not need to be fixed. But, huh, 
doesn't have a leader, and yet I see Tim Hardaway Jr. that's sitting out today and Luka Doncic out there on the floor in essentially <laughs> like a one-man scenario trying to keep his team's hopes alive. I, I'm just like, this whole thing's kind of a mess. Like the, the entire franchise kind of falling apart at the seams. Everybody who's asked me about what's gone wrong, I keep going to the very same thing that we've talked about. This is mismanagement from the top. They turned three of their better players, not named Luka Doncic, from a Western Conference Finals team into Kyrie Irving, who is on an expiring deal, JaVale McGee, and Christian Wood. That is not that is not what you want to do. That's not what you want to replace those players with. Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Dorian Finney-Smith. So this seems to be a nightmare, but Luka seems to be one to fight until they're mathematically eliminated. We'll see if that's going to be the case. The Oklahoma City Thunder uh, have a magic number of one, and all they have to do is win their next game, or Dallas has to lose their next game and they will ultimately be uh, eliminated. So it's a fascinating scenario, and it also speaks to, as we kind of expand to what today is, it it, it speaks to how dangerous days like today are, man. Like yeah. in the write-up today, one of the things that I put in there was like, you know, if you wanted, you can do Memphis and Dallas and Miami <laughs> and Atlanta in like a money line parlay. And yeah, so the numbers bloated, but sure. But if you put those four together, all, all teams that need to win, you're getting about plus 120. Like if you really want to bet something, maybe that's what you look at. Two of those teams that I mentioned since I wrote that article have decided to rest their starters. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it will, yeah we'll move on to the Heat because the I, 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 you know, we'll move on to them in a second. I just want, I'm trying to, I am trying to get a betting uh uh, angle to this Dallas situation because I think that if you if you agree with what we're kind of reading into and I think especially with what you said uh, if Luca is 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 having that kind of attitude to, towards management with how they're treating this last game a Luca fu game coming up yes wouldn't this be a over Luca everything like I mean or points at least like fu game from Luca what is uh what's the price on a Luca triple well, double well JVT while you were talking there I was trying to search anywhere and everywhere for a player props uh, for player props posted for this game and they are not I oh, I don't see man. I do not see them at DraftKings FanDuel or points bet. Uh, with any uh, player props up right now for this game. Now, maybe they're still adjusting things since Kyrie just went, I mean, just right. got listed as out, what, an hour ago as we're recording this, maybe less than an hour ago. Um, so, I, I mean, they got to post something at some point, but I might dabble. Actually, actually, what I'll tell you, what, what I'll, what I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do, what I would recommend for people out there is look for those, either the alt overs or look for the, the you know, to score 40 plus or 35 right. or 40 plus or whatever. Play something like that. He's either going big or you're not, right? Like it's if we're if we're saying it's an FU game from Luca, like he's going off or he's dropping, you know, twenty five. Find a uh, yeah, like I said, find a find a uh, what's it called? A Luca Doncic triple double prop if you got it too. That'll yep. be that'll be something to look at. But yeah, that could be it, especially if he's going to be a one man wrecking crew because there's really nothing else going on out there. And again, the 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 Bulls are resting guys too. So like we're not, it's not yeah. even just looking at this from an FU standpoint is that the Bulls are going to be playing their bench guys too. So it's going to be Luka Doncic a bunch of, against a bunch of second stringers out there. <laughs> like it's, it's going to be maybe a matchup where he does have success. Now, now we, now I'm trying to think though of what this number is in my head. Like they've got to post this at 33, 34 and a half. Are you talking about prop? just points? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be pretty high. I bet you it's something around there. 33 and a half, 34 and a half, probably something I mean, like that. In a game like this, you're talk like you're talking about. There's guy these guys are out on both sides. I mean, let me see. What's his uh I'm I'm tripping right now. I'm gonna double check to see if I know this. Like what's he's his average because he's bro? averaging thirty two point seven. So right. it'll probably be like thirty five and a half. <laughs> Maybe even higher, thirty six. Same, but you can't yeah. play under. Like right. all of all of people right now, you can't play under that tonight. You cannot. Yeah. 
man. Oh man, it's crazy. It's gonna be great to watch. It is gonna be I, like it's gonna be fascinating theater later tonight. But it, yeah, I, I'm I down for say, that. I, yeah. I will definitely be watching that to hope that that your uh, our our read into that situation plays out exactly can, as so. Can you imagine like he hits a game winner and then flips off his own bench? Like <laughs> f you guys. Like you guys are like all sitting to, there up to the boxes, wherever right. cubes is at. <laughs> like you guys are all sitting here. You guys are all resting. I'm the one that said I'm not. Pl- I'm playing tonight, and I led us to a win to keep our hopes alive. And you're all just sitting there watching me do this. Oh, man, man. I, I'm kind of down what, with this. I'm a little what, excited now. Right. And then what do they do on Sunday? Then what an amazing situation that would be when they play the Spurs for a mm-hmm. chance to go to the playoffs. Right. Well, and then because to your point too, it just. Oh, man. It, it's very clear what they're trying to do from an executive standpoint. That's why I think that there is this not, and it might not be antagonistic. Maybe he just said, "Guys, like I'd really like to play if we're still alive," and they're like, "Sure, right?" But we're right. Gonna, like, it could be. It could have totally yes. worked it out behind the scenes. Yes. But it's so much more fun to talk about Luca being really pissed <laughs> off and going right. out there against their wishes, essentially, and saying, "You're not ruling me out. I'm going to play." And I'm going to do everything I can to get us into the playoffs because, like you say, Kelly, I'm one of the greatest players in the NBA right now, and I'm not going to miss the play-in. This is absolutely ridiculous. I, I just can't imagine, I, even LeBron, I can't imagine anybody ever approaching LeBron during the course of his entire career, especially at the point where Luka is, right? In the first five years of your career, I mean, like, hey, man, you're a really great talent, but we think if we kind of punt here and we run it back next year, like we can put together a better squad around you. Actually, yeah. these two guys are kind of comparable from the beginning of their careers. Be like, no, 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 no. Like this team's got a lot of work to do. We're not going to be able to put together all the pieces in one offseason that we probably need anyways to be one of the best teams in the West. Give me my chance against a crappy Western Conference this year. Give mm-hmm. me the ball and let me go out there. Wow, so it is re- fascinating. Yep. So the rest of the day, as you said, uh, are you still going to bet Miami? So Miami has decided to rest everybody. This oh, is no, no, no. One of those... I, bet them, I bet them last night. But okay. <laughs> as well, you brought it... up, they tried so hard last night. Why for what are reason? You... Yeah, for what reason? Because now you're now they're benching everybody. Yeah. I just this is, These are the little things that, again, I just I wish I could get, get some sense of why they're doing these things. And this is why it's irritating from a betting perspective. Miami goes out last night, fights tooth and nail to win that game against Philly. You would assume because they are still mathematically alive to yeah. finish sixth. Brooklyn has to lose out. They have to win out, but still that can happen. You would think, oh, okay, well, they're, they're going to try to keep their chances alive here to get into that playoff spot. And then you, you you look at the report this morning and it's like, ooh, yeah, no, by the way, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, all these guys, yeah, we're resting them actually. And it's like, why? What was the point then of playing yesterday the way that you were <laughs> no to try to keep yourselves alive? Now, I will say this, Kelly, perhaps – what happened was it was initially it wasn't known what Orlando was going to do. And then all of a sudden you see Orlando in terms of their injury report. But here's the deal. And this is why these days drive me nuts. So I just pulled up the most recent report. OK, yeah. When I when I wrote my thing this morning, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, Gary Harris and Franz Wagner were all listed as out. OK, oh, yeah, not, yeah, good point. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not. I'm not blind. I'm not dumb. I can read. They were all listed as out. Yeah. I pull up the most in recent report right now for what is it? 1.30 PM or whatever it is. And they're all like three, four of them are upgraded to questionable. Let's see. Four guys with the upgraded to questionable. <laughs> like in, and it, it, it just look these days, like the last few days, this is obviously magnified because we don't know what's going on, but I just, I don't know how the NBA can look at what these teams are doing with these injury reports and yeah. just be like, no, we're good. 
This is cool. Yeah, this this is totally okay. makes sense. We can list half our team is out on the initial injury report and then all of a sudden upgrade them all to questionable and throw in just all of this nonsense. And again, I ask the question, what is the point? What is yeah. the point of the cloak and dagger stuff for teams that are either eliminated or locked into their playoff state, like their playoff seed? There's no point in doing all this. Yeah, no, no, no. you're completely, you, you are completely right. It's something we've been angry about all year. And it's, so anyway, uh, so, so this is why, sorry, because I got so mad, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. so the reason why I brought that up, the reason why I bring up Orlando, sorry, is because maybe Miami woke up this morning, saw the injury report for Orlando. It was like, oh, they're resting everybody. We, we probably should. There's no point playing anybody because if Brooklyn wins, we're done. The probability of them losing that game is really low. Let's just, we tried yesterday to keep ourselves alive, but it looks like Brooklyn's probably going to win this game. Let's rest everybody. So maybe in an hour, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are going to be upgraded to questionable. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? Well, I mean, I mean, I think your train of thought is completely on point. So why wouldn't they then? Why wouldn't they? And then maybe we should all be grabbing 11 and a half points with the Orlando Magic right now. Right. Too. I mean, but even then, to, to that point, though, Kelly, I wouldn't rule out 11 and a half. Because, again, look at what Orlando ran into yesterday, okay? This is always a cautionary tale for everybody. Just because you're resting everybody doesn't mean that the team is just going to roll up and quit. The Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday sat everybody against Orlando. Yeah. They yeah. won the game outright. Orlando closed like an eight and a half point favorite. They had covered nine out of 10 or whatever it was. And the other only failed cover was actually a push. So they were rolling. Market freaked out. They closed as like eight and a half point favorites. They lost the game outright. So I, I mean, I'm for you to your point. Not only can you grab 11 and a half and hey, by the way, we're upgrading everybody to questionable. Jimmy Butler and everybody might actually play today and whatnot. Um, but if you're looking at it from the Orlando perspective too, I mean, I, I maybe everybody's going to play. You're going to grab 11. This thing's going to close back at eight and a half. Right. <laughs> it's just so wild, dude. And you, and like your point too, let's go lay four and a half because Miami's actually going to play everybody and this thing's going to close nine and a half. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. But this is, if, if you're out there listening right now and you're like, wow, these guys are just... Uh, like talking themselves at circles like yeah this is what betting the nba in these final days before when you don't know yep. i'm going to say outside of sunday but even sunday we might not have much left to figure out right like i mean right. there really might not be that much like i I usually love the final sunday money line parlays on the like only teams that, that have to win situations but i don't know how many of those well, are really going to be I, I mean i think it might be the way I think it might be the same thing as the last day last year. So last year, all four play-in teams needed to win to solidify their positions. Like if I remember correctly, right. Brooklyn needed to right, win yeah. to clinch the seven. Cleveland needed to win to clinch the eight. Atlanta needed to win because if Brooklyn had lost, they were going to get in there. You know, all that kind of stuff that happens. All of them needed to win to maximize their seeding potential. And I think that's what's going to happen in the Western Conference because nothing is going to be settled, I think, by the final day. Right, the Lakers yeah, are probably going to need six, to win. Seven, eight, nine yeah, spot potentially. Yeah, good. Right, be settled. So, and and who knows? I mean, maybe by the last day, I don't know. Do this? Do the do all the teams play on Sunday? I believe so. So, like, will we get Thunder? Who do the Thunder play? Like, will the Thunder's last game be head to head with the Mavericks' last game? Because right, because then both teams will. Yeah, Thunder have Grizzlies on the final day. I that's correct. Yep. That one up. Yeah, they have the Grizzlies. I believe they all go off at twelve thirty our time. Probably right. So that's it's going to be that classic NFL Sunday deal where. Everybody's all playing at once and you don't know what's going to happen. So I think it'll be Western conference so much in terms of like, if you're looking for that money line thing, but yeah, today, even that, even that one's tough, right? Because that that's where, you know, like Gil and I were talking about that a bunch of numbers game today. It's the jostling for position. Well, how much you can't really jostle for position when you 
Like, you, all you got to do when there's that many teams bunched up together is avoid the play-in tournament. Like, I don't care. Like, um, you'd rather play the Suns than play in the play-in tournament. Right. I don't care well, who you are. But there's just, like, there's been this narrative thrown out there of all these teams trying to avoid the Suns. You can't think about that. Well, I, I would say, I think the one thing Gil got wrong, th- there is a team that I believe can, jo- like, jockey for position. It's the Clippers. Because the Clippers now have essentially a two-game lead over the Lakers, who are in the seventh seed right now. They have the tiebreaker, as we were talking about, with the Golden State Warriors, too, which is why they're currently ahead of them in the standings. So given the fact that they have the tiebreaker with the Warriors, and they have a two-game lead, essentially, for the Los Angeles Lakers, they can tank one of their last two games here, lose it on Uh, purpose, fall to the sixth seed, and then just solidify solidify their spot at six if they want. Yeah. You're you're right. They're the one team. Yeah. That's why... That game on Wednesday was so important. It wasn't even just to stay out of the play-in. It gave the Clippers some leeway to do, okay, we can do what we want here now. Now, having said that, we might talk about this a little bit later. I think the Clippers might actually want the Phoenix Suns, but and that might sound surprising, but we'll see what the Clippers want to do. The Clippers are the kings of jockeying for position, as we have seen since uh, Ty Lue took over. Okay, so does there? I know you have a bunch of the tiebreakers in here. Okay, so all the games are they're they're basically chopped in half. They are uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time tips, and then 12:30 Pacific time, 3:30 uh, Eastern time tips on Sunday. Now, right. do the the Clippers play the Suns on Sunday? Right. Is that would that because they're the division? Obviously, would that throw a wrench into the tiebreaking scenarios at all? Uh, if they no, lost that the- game. Because you know so the I mean? Warriors, the Warriors have Sacramento. That's a divisional game. So even if they win that game today, here let me pull up the standings so we can talk about this yeah. really quickly. Uh, so the Warriors right now are below five hundred in the division. They are six and nine. So even if they win, they will finish at best. And let me double check that they have this because uh, that's their last game, I believe, of the season. Correct? Warriors are done after today. I think that is their last game, unless I'm tripping here double check this is no this they is play bla- blazers on sunday blazers okay but that's not a divisional opponent so the best that they can finish is eight nine in the division if they get a win over sacramento the clippers have already clinched a winning division record so even in that regard you can lose that game if you are the golden or excuse me if you're the clippers to the suns at the end of the season and be perfectly fine and still be okay okay yeah, yeah so you, you are right that that they are the one team then so ideally what they'd want to do is win win you know win and then and then tank that last game on sunday Right, which it's easier said than done because, like you said, so on Saturday they play the Portland Trailblazers. That's, I mean, you can stumble into a win there potentially. We'll see if that's going to be the case. Um, but like I said, I mean, I don't even know if the Clippers want the. I, I honestly think Kelly, from a matchup standpoint, the Kings are a worse matchup, worse matchup for the Clippers than the Suns are. And yeah. I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but the the Kings and their ability to get to within four feet of the basket off like off dribble penetration, it killed the Clippers all okay. season long. Here's the thing. I I I I I may I think I might agree with you on that, but the problem is is then you got to think about it as the long run, right? So cuz then if you play the Suns, next up is the Nuggets. I think you'd rather go I think you'd go rather go down the other road of who your two opponents yeah. could be. Oh right? yeah, like, you're I'd right. rather play Sacramento and then Memphis or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, than, no, you're right. than those two back to back. So that's where I guess I would argue I would rather still be in the 6 seed than the 5 seed if I were but either way, the, the lesson is that the Clippers do, I think, control their destiny to essentially not guarantee. There's a high probability they can pick what seed they want with how they handle their last two games. It, it's also, uh, I, I guess we just, uh, this is kind of obvious, I think, but, you know, it's a, we, we are a betting podcast, so I want to make sure you, we don't trip anybody up out there. 
I'm talking about taking that last game on Sunday. Well, they could try to do that. They, they, they don't, right. the other, the other team doesn't have to, uh, doesn't well, have to, you know, doesn't have to go along with that. It's a lot easier. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's a lot easier to back the sides that you know need right. to win than the sides that you think want to lose, right? Like you can't be making bets on that kind of stuff. I want to go back. I think it was two years ago, back to 2020, 2021. Let me double check. Cause I think this was it. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, but the, the end of the 2020-2021 season, the Clippers were also desperately trying to play the Mavericks. And it was a tankathon because they were playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were trying to guarantee their worst record in the uh-huh. NBA or top three. So, like, the Clippers started Patrick Patterson, Avija Zubac, Patrick Beverly, uh, Reggie Jackson, and Luke Kennard. But Zubac just got on the floor and then immediately left. Reggie Jackson only played seven minutes. And you got 37 minutes from one Daniel Oturu. Uh, in that game. Oh, yeah. Love him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Big fan. Uh, yep. Yogi Ferrell played 27 minutes <laughs> and and Jay amazing. Scrub played 36. So, like, <laughs> it was an incredible tank off where, like, you were watching these lineups. You're like, who are these guys? What are we doing? And you saw the same thing with the Thunder. A, um, I don't know if you remember this name at all, but a Charlie Brown Jr. You even know who that is? He played uh, 31 I, minutes oh. for the Thunder that night. All I remember about Charlie Brown Jr. is his name and making fun of it. Right. That's it's, all I remember. Yes. Yes, I remember. If you if you, if you were like, hey, Kelly, do you have you heard of an NBA player named Charlie Brown Jr.? I'd be like, yeah, I don't know why or I don't know where. I don't know when. But yes, I have. <laughs> yep. A, a uh, One Josh Hall for the Oklahoma City Thunder played 43 minutes in that game. Josh Hall currently not on an NBA roster. No idea so, who that is. Yep, yeah, no dude, idea it was is. it was a wild game. So like you said. You could try your hardest, but that's going to be an incredible tank off potentially. The Suns don't have any motivation to lose that game. The Clippers do, but it'll be a, it'll be a wild finish nonetheless for the Clippers if they choose to do what they're trying to do. So, um, with that, I mean, wild. I love geeking out over the NBA. I know this, that's great. This, this is probably like this is probably one of the most interesting or least interesting podcasts we're going to ever record. But this yeah. is like it's such a geek out over NBA seating. <laughs> So I, I will say there's two, there's two, I guess, two and a half things that I wanted to leave with uh, on the schedule for today. The first of which is, did you get involved in the totals for Houston, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana, uh, Indiana at all? No, I did not. So those are the, the we talked about this. I mentioned that to Gil at the end yeah, when I was did signing they all off. skyrocket up? The, uh, the matchup of the eliminated teams taking on one another. So Detroit, Indiana, yeah, this one's up to 232 and a half. That opened, I want to say 228 and a half. I'll double check my notes here and get you a, a proper number for that. And the other's up to 230 and a half. Both have moved up. Uh, it is the Detroit, Indiana one that has moved up the most. But it's funny because the market kind of pushed back against that last night with Portland and San Antonio. And that one was, it was an AAU game. 105, 105 possessions, no defense, 200, I think 49 points might've actually been 250, but it went well over the total despite the market pushing back on that. And yeah, Houston and Charlotte opened 228. We are up to 230 in some spots. And then Detroit, Indiana opened up 229. We're up to 232 and a half. Char- Charlotte uh, resting like everybody for some reason. Yep. I mean, but this is the thing. When guys get in that never play, they want to play and they want a lot of possessions. They want to yeah. get up and down the floor. Up they don't and down the court and get shots yep. up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're totally They're right. going to be wild games to watch. So those are the, that was one angle that I wanted to present to our audience. The other is something you and I were discussing um, off the air. So an eight and a half just popped up on New Orleans. There's a couple now. It's Westgate, the Superbook, and uh, Golden Nugget. And I got to tell you, and I wrote about this today. So we know that um, Julius Randle, of course, been dealing with an injury, not going to play. Jalen Brunson, not going to play. 
and RJ Barrett is questionable. Barrett doesn't really mean anything to a point spread at this point, yeah. maybe like a half point or a point. But it does seem that Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, Mitchell Robinson, vast majority of the Knicks rotation is going to play tonight, both bench and starting. I'm really surprised the market's this high in terms of eight and a half. And some numbers for you if you're wondering why. Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes on the floor together without Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, Kelly, a net rating of plus 24.7 per 100 Ooh. possessions. So it's a small sample size. It's just under 300 possessions. But what I what I, I bring that up for is because if these two are going to play like a normal workload, let's say 36 minutes, it's a really good pairing to have with Mitchell Robinson and the Isaiah Hartenstein, right, and the rest of your rotations. Like the Knicks aren't eight and a half points worse than this team on the road, and they're definitely not five and a half points worse on a neutral. If that's going to be the case, I think the market's overvaluing the Pelicans' motivation here. They can clinch at least the eighth seed with a win today. Or excuse me, no, they have a magic number of two, so they're nowhere near clinching that. Um, but they need to win to maintain some sort of positive status, whether it be playing or stumbling into the top six. I just I think the market's way high here. Uh, the other the other thing I guess I'm just realizing, and I was going to go pull up, but the man, it feels like the Pelicans have played a lot recently too, right? Like you know we yeah. we were talking off air about the Lakers complaining the other night, but I mean, man, man, it feels like the Pelicans have played a ton of games here in the past few days. And to your point too, I mean, because so they have been playing quite a bit, and look at the games that they have been playing as well. So this is the third game in four nights. If you yeah, ask third LeBron, game in four nights, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. If you ask LeBron, it's an insurmountable. Um, <laughs> it's an insurmountable. It's an unfair thing for you to ask of an yeah, NBA it's, team. It's it's impossible to conquer. Um, and, but like, look at these. So look at these last couple of games for them too, right? So the market closes them four and a half against Sacramento at home because mm-hmm. they need to win the game. Sacramento goes wins that game one twenty one to one hundred three. They close as six six and a half point favorites against Memphis at home, if I remember correctly. And I don't know if you saw that. If you remember, for those who don't, they blew the end of regulation where they gave up, I think, like six points in the final five seconds yep. to allow Memphis to tie that game to go into overtime. And yes, they eventually won and covered. Um, but still, it just shows you that this team is still being a little overvalued by the betting market. And here they are laying eight and a half against a team that power rates better than them just because two starters are out. Like, I just, I don't okay. know if that's, it seems high. That's one that's, I'm in on that one. Or, or, right. or not yet, because, uh, you know, if we've learned anything on hardwood handicappers oh, this year, this year, it's uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'll be I'll be in on it as long as nothing t- changes JVT right. between now and tip time. <laughs> yeah. Quentin Grimes is actually decided to go play for the Wong Dong Tigers. We're done. He's uh, he's, not, he's, <laughs> he's not there anymore. And you're going to grab eight and a half uh, and it's going to close ten and a half. So uh, but those are the only games that I wanted to say as we're talking to the screens lighting up. The Lakers are getting up to 13, so I would assume that means that we're getting some official injury news on what's going to happen with the Phoenix Suns. Um, Lakers, I was surprised by this. According to playoffstatus.com, so Lakers' magic number to clinch at least the eighth seed in the Western Conference is two. It's just like New Orleans. It can still finish as high as fifth, Kelly, but mm-hmm. the Lakers actually don't control their own destiny to finish any in any of the higher seeds. They only control their destiny to finish eighth. So I thought that was pretty interesting because I actually thought they controlled their destiny for at least seventh, but that's not the case. So Lakers could still find themselves on the road in a 7-8 matchup against New Orleans. Aiton, Booker, Durant all downgraded to doubtful. Yeah, not surprising. Not surprising. And and Chris Paul, I think, was already listed as doubtful. So that's why you're seeing those numbers. Let's uh, let's take our break here. Uh, when we come back, I wanted to throw a couple of things at you. We have some breaking news as well to get to in the association, but also just get Kelly's general thoughts as we're starting to see the markets and I shouldn't say the markets, the matchups start to maybe solidify, firm up just a little bit. Are there some matchups that he's circled 
that if they come to fruition, he'll be playing. And we also have a number for one matchup that's been set for a while now between Cleveland and New York. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, back here on Hardwood Handicappers, Kelly Bidlin, Jonathan Von Tobel. So we have a little bit more to get to. I wanted to hit, you sent this over right after we got off the air yesterday. Yeah. Or yesterday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, time, yeah. time melts together. It's all crazy. It really so does. we do have a series price set for New York and Cleveland. And I know that there was some surprise uh, being thrown out there, at least in terms of the price for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Minus 185, this is over at DraftKings Center listing off, plus 150 in the series price for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Your initial thought at first blush Save save most of it for Monday, Kelly, because we got a live playoff preview to do. <laughs> but uh, your first at first blush minus one eighty five. Your thoughts are what? Pretty spot on. It's pretty spot on number. Is is my first thought. I who who I, I what was the surprise or who I what was the shock? Well, I I think because the Knicks are I believe they're three and one against Cleveland this season, okay. and uh, I think a lot of people see that regular season and the way that it played out because I do think the Knicks actually have a lot of strengths that go in their favor here. So to see how the regular season played out, how some of the matchups might play out, and to see minus 185, I think that's what a lot of people are surprised at. Okay, so at a minimum, though, Julius Randle is going to miss the beginning of this series. Right, so like we know it, that. I, I think we – well, here's the thing. So I listened to the most recent episode of the the uh, uh, Brian Windhorst podcast, Hoop Collective, and he kept saying, like, he kept really inferring that Randle was just going to be fine, that he was going to be back at the start of this series. And Tim Bontemps is kind of pushing back on him. He's like, dude, he was in a boot. But the way that Windhorse was talking, like, it sounds like there's a pretty good shot that he'll be available at the beginning of the series. But, like, that's, I think that's why this price is so high. If everything is equal, this is more like, I think, a buck 50 in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers. But since we don't know what Julius Randle's status is going to be, I think that's why we're sitting at that minus 185 price. Okay, no, sorry. I just got distracted because I saw lights blinking again on my Tom Preston best screen. Okay, Levine and DeRozan officially out. Shocking. 
officially out. Yes, I know. Shocking. Um, okay, so my I I would lean Cleveland's Cleveland's way in this series. I I still think they I. For all the teams that we talk about in the Eastern Conference, I feel like we've talked about the top three teams at the at the at the top so much, and we've kind of talked about these teams battling kind of in the the five, six, seven, eight spot so much over the season. I feel like we've barely talked about the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are one of the teams that has consistently been a top ten offensive and defensive team throughout the entirety of the season. I think that they have a I mean, they have a star scorer in the league in Donovan Mitchell. We, you, I mean, you are heavily, you know, you're invested from an award standpoint in their bigs who are incredibly def- defensive, incredible defensive anchors down low um, and allows Evan Mobley to get out on the perimeter and defend as well. I understand what you're saying with the matchup. I still, I just think it's, it's, I, I, I think Cleveland's a better team. I think that's, I don't want to say it's a cheap price because I'm not going to go run and bet that series price. I'm probably going to take this game to game because yes, Ju- Julius Randle's impact it would be major if he's on or off the court. So I'm not betting a series price. I think without knowing that I would just take it game, game to game. Um, and the, if, if you're eyeing, I think the one thing I would say, if you are someone who's out there, who's maybe on the other side of me and eyeing the New York Knicks, uh, you probably, I mean, you need to keep an eye on the Julius Randall situation even more, but you maybe hold off not betting this. Wait till wait till they play their games in Cleveland, and then maybe jump in when they get back to New York, right? Like that means Julius Randle maybe has is either coming back, you know, either coming back if he's been out or if he's in there already. Whatever, it's given him another week to get healthy. You go back to New York, maybe it's one one, or you're down two zero. If you're down two zero, you get a much better price, uh, you know, and then play it out from there. I guess that's that's probably how I'd approach it betting wise. I do think if you if you love Cleveland. You should probably get in on it now. For me, though, I'll probably just be taking this one game to game, JDT. All right, I, I think uh, I'm tempted. What, what by about a, you? Oh, I, if it, t- I think it go, I think it goes six or seven games. Though. Like I don't, you know, I think that said at five and a half, I'd be over on that. See, I like betting that over or taking the Knicks plus one and a half games. Um, I, if you were to tell me right now that the Knicks were going to have Julius Randle and at that price, I would say that I'm betting the New York Knicks to win the series. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things that, that really that works in the favor of the Knicks, uh, their bench is so much better than the Cavs. Their yeah. bench is incredible. If, oh, you're, totally, if you're comparing it with what the Cavs have to bring to the table with Ricky the Cavs Rubio. Are a, the Cavs are an extremely front-loaded team, whereas yes. the Knicks are one of those teams that are that is, much, is, is actually a fairly deep team heading into yeah. the playoffs. So I think there's a size advantage there along the wing and the perimeter for the New York Knicks. I think there's a bench advantage there for the New York Knicks. Um, I'm, I'm really, really interested. And I'm also interested, too, if uh, if – what home court looks like in these playoffs is if it carries the same power as it does throughout this entire regular season, or if it gets as strong as it did at the beginning of last season in the postseason. For those who don't remember, through the first rounds, I mean, it was crazy. The home court, you can make the argument, was worth four and a half, five points in the first yep. two rounds of the postseason. It was crazy how strong some of these teams performed at home. So to not give away the special sauce, Kelly, I would just say that I'm heavily leaning in the New York Knickerbockers direction. Noted New York hater, John Von Tobel. Yeah, yeah, we uh, yeah, we'll talk more about it on Monday. But I think it's the I know exactly how I'll bet the series. Actually, it's the it's the series exact games. Throw th- throw some. I'm throwing something on six and throwing something on going seven. Yeah, that's so probably head to head here. Kelly thinks the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to sweep the Knicks. That's all I'm because <laughs> I'm this is one of those where you got to do the you got to do the math, right? Like I'm over at DraftKings right now. The series total games is listed at five and a half, but the over is juiced to minus one sixty. 
If they, then they have exact number, exact games played. Six games is plus two twenty. Seven games is plus two ten. You're getting better bang for your buck if you just bet the six and the seven than you are that over the over five and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because the headline of LeBron back to back got best of us versus Clippers. <laughs> like, <laughs> shut up. Uh, it just it skimmed my this eyes Pel- as I was reading something. I just like that yeah. we stumbled into the Pelicans one where I'm like, God, it feels like they've been playing a ton recently. Oh, wait, they have. They've been doing exactly what the Lakers just complained about. Got it. Um, okay, here we dude. Here we go. Man, okay, this is some breaking news, kind of. This this got posted seven hours ago. No, I'll save this. I'll save this. This has it's an awards thing. I'll save it. I'll save it for the end. Uh, really quickly. Okay. Wow. What a tease. Uh, really quick. Are you are you surprised that Zion's not coming back for the play in? Um. No. Um. But man, I think if you are if you're a Zion fan like me out there, you've got to be uh, like what the what the hell is this turning into now, right? I mean, right. What, what, is this guy going to be able to play in the NBA or not? Because this, well, because here's I, the thing: I, the talent's there. It's just, I mean, is this a chronic issue? Chronic issues we're dealing with at this point, and this is going to be the entirety of his career. But the or, annoying part is, is it's it's always mystery, Kelly. So, yes, like for exactly. example, with the injury last year, where they come out of training camp and they're like, "Oh yeah, he had a he had, he had off season surgery," you know what I mean? Right, he'll exactly. Be fine in two yep. weeks, but he'll yep. be fine in two weeks. And yep. like, and then it just kept getting pushed back and back, like. That's that's the thing that's kind of like ridiculous about this. And he goes down January 2nd with a hamstring strain. And even the way Andrew Lopez, who covers the Pelicans, writes it up, when New Orleans Pelicans forward Zion Williamson will return from a hamstring strain that has kept him out of action since January 2nd remains a mystery. <laughs> like yeah. After further evaluation, uh, let's see, this is a quote from uh, VP David Griffin. After further evaluation, it has been determined that Zion Williamson will continue his rehab and conditioning regimen. We will continue to monitor his progression and updates will be provided as warranted. Like, what what is happening? Yeah. Well, and what the last time, remember, he was ramping up, right? And then got re aggravated or whatever. And that's and where then, we're at now. Well, he, but he remembered too, it was, it was reported a couple of weeks ago that he was resuming basketball activities. So, like, what is this? Well, and I, shoot, I saw, I saw a video of him uh, during warm ups the other night and he's out there dunking. He's out so there dunking weird. with his teammates. So, yeah, what the hell's going on? Yeah. It's, I, it's I don't, weird. I don't, it's just the, I, I usually try to, you know, obviously the NBA gets hated on a lot for some of this injury stuff, but it deserves uh, it sometimes, but sometimes it's deserved where it's like, are we healthy to play or not? Do we realize what's at stake in these next couple of days? Like this is the playoffs. This is a chance to go win a championship. And especially all these damn teams that we keep talking about happen to be in the freaking Western conference for the most part that we've, I don't remember the last time we talked about a conference being so up for grabs from the beginning to end of a season like this. I mean, we've been talking about this Western Conference the same way for seven freaking months, and it's nothing's changed. It's I still think it's up for grabs. I still think that a Pelicans team with Zion Williamson in there has a shot at knocking off any of these teams that we're talking about, just like we talked about with the Dallas Mavericks. You said though, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are on the court. They could take out any of these teams. Is it most likely to happen? No, but they could, and I think that same way about Zion and the Pelicans. Get them. It's just, it's, what are we doing here, man? You're just wasting your career. Like, it's insanity. Especially, yeah. the, the, the Luke one maybe drives me nuts because I feel like there's more, there's more injury story here than we, that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, yeah, I mean, even Andrew Lopez is talking that way. And there's, and it has been, as Lopez notes, there's still the door open for him to come back if they make it into the playoffs. 
And if they, there's, I would make them, you know, if we're setting the index prop, who makes it out of the play in them and the Lakers are the two odds on favorites to get out. If you're laying some, you know, putting some minus prices next to their name, whatever it is, but yeah, maybe he comes back and maybe he gets to be on the floor against the Denver nuggets, but bringing usually the nuggets, like their home court, their inherent home court of altitude gets negated because you're playing series and guys are spending time there, whatever it is. Yeah, bringing back Zion Williamson for the first time for playoff action in Denver man, might not be the best. Now that's a great point. Yes, a guy that has not been playing regularly that you'd have to right. qu- you'd you'd question his conditioning already heading into any series and then take him to altitude. Yeah, you're right. And and, and frankly, right, it's not not exactly the best matchup, anyways. <laughs> that, yeah. that Denver, I actually think, has the pieces that could that could defend him a little better than a lot. The most other teams here. I would pay for that series, though. Man, these Western Conference series is going to be great. Um, all right. So with that, do you want this this thing that I got distracted by in terms of the awards really yes, quickly? Yes, please. So this kind of annoys me a little bit. And it's it, it's this mixture. Maybe I'm thinking about this too much. But it's this mixture of like journalism meeting the sports betting world kind of deal that I think is really fascinating. Yeah, so, I agree. So do you remember why one of my biggest complaints about Defensive Player of the Year last year, right? It was Marcus Smart won it when he should not have mm-hmm. because he started campaigning. And one of the things that happened last year was that Tim Bontemps wrote like this glowing piece about guards winning defensive player of the year. And it was essentially like a, a thing for Marcus Smart. I, I don't want to say because Bontemps is a good journalist. That's why I want to bring this like journalism angle to it. But as a profile essentially on Marcus Smart winning defensive player of the year. And it, I think, really shaped the narrative and helped push Marcus Smart to win this award. Yeah, right? it, it became a bit of a, a bit. It, it be whether I don't uh, like you're trying to say. I don't think it was intended, but it became a bit of a campaign for him. Correct. Headline. This is great. Hold on, it's loading. I put together something special. Depoy push is just the beginning for Jaron Jackson Jr. So again, like this is. I haven't read this yet. I just saw the headline. So in the sub headline, you know, the defensive player of the year favorite anchors, one of the league's most shifting unit or stifling units, but his development on the other end might determine Memphis ceiling. But like, again, it's a little bit more about how he's, you know, evolving as a two way player. Right. But, but pieces like this are going to shape the narrative of, I will say it, lazy voters who are not going to go back and check out defensive metrics or watch these guys play. And I think a piece like this, should help shift the market for a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. Because we saw the exact same thing happen last year with Marcus Smart. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Are you in, are you in on him? JJJ? No, I yeah, because I actually am, but only recently. Man, right. he's up to he's up to minus two fifty. Like I bet it when he was, you know, I don't know. It was probably a week ago when we were talking. And, he was like by plus one fifty. Plus. I want to correct myself really quickly. A wrong Tim. Tim McMahon wrote this. Piece, oh, okay, not okay. Tim Bontemps. Tim Bontemps wrote the piece last year on Marcus Smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's all the way up to minus 250. Uh, I, I guess I'm happy I got in when I got in. But I don't know, man. You think this and, is... And this <laughs> is it too. This is an excerpt from McMahon's piece. Quote, I definitely think I'm defensive player of the year, Jackson told ESPN. I just think I put together something special and I want it bad. Jackson's case includes leading the league in blocks for the second, like, and there's like six bullet points or excuse me, four bullet points that just list off like reasons why he should win defensive player of the year. So while this is not a piece and this is just for our listeners, well, this is not a piece that explicitly says X amount of voters are voting for Jaron Jackson jr. Pieces like this do shape the narrative around guys. And I think this does go a long way toward Jaron Jackson jr. 
maybe winning this award. That's all they wanted to note because it, it does have a similar feel to that Marcus Smart piece that came out last year at this time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, completely. All right, that's all I got distracted by. I apologize. I hope I hope he does. It it just feels so dumb. We're like I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of left here with not not a huge reaction to that. Just of like, do you know how many mind games I've played for six months and how many bets I have in on SGA and most improved and then like defensive player of the year? I just bet like last week. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. It looks like that's like going to be an easy winner. But I just went through like mental warfare over with myself for the past seven months of how much to bet SGA and when to bet SGA and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know if that guy's going to win that. <laughs> Selfishly, I, I might hope that Brooke Lopez is going to win this because Mitch Moss has promised uh, admission to the massive cabana that he will get at Circa if he does win. So <laughs> what, like to, What's he uh, got on it? What number? 501. Holy crap, that's insane. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't even like, I feel like that's exactly what Brooke Lopez should be like. Like even next year, if he wins the thing this year, when we start next season, Brooke Lopez should still be like 301 to, to win this right. award. It's just, I mean, like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take anything away from Brooke Lopez, but it is still more about just like the team defense of Milwaukee. I mean, and it's a lot of, that's what happened. Like you're, you're going off on the Marcus Smart thing, but that's essentially what happened last year, right? Is they just wanted to give the award to the Boston defense. That's and like, that's, I mean, you're talking, Milwaukee, Again. Milwaukee has three of the best defenders in the league on the court in their starting right. lineup, right? Like at different levels. And I want to emphasize, yeah, yes, I am a I'm a president of the Player Haters Club when it comes to Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year. But it's not because Jaron Jackson Jr. shouldn't uh, shouldn't have won or should have won it because I had that ticket. I'm actually saying this as somebody who I would have probably voted for Robert Williams. Robert Williams, sure. no, me too, should yeah. have won that award. Yes. So okay, wait, I want to bring back one other uh, one other one that you and I, I we both have bets on, and another awards bet. You know what tripped me up the other day? Someone asked me about Bobby Portis in the six man of the year race. They're like, they're like, why isn't he getting more respect? And I'm like, well, you know, he ended up missing games and I'm sitting there pulling up stats as I'm talking to this guy. And I'm like, wait a second. He really didn't miss as many games as I, th as I think I've thought he has over the past few weeks. And you're like, this guy's, he's going to finish probably just short of averaging a double double for the season. Mm -hmm. And he's just been out of this conversation seemingly for months now, right? Like you and I made bets like a while back and he was in the conversation then, but like we, we haven't talked about this guy since he went away with missed time with injury, but man, you go and compare him to these. It's not like he's, it's not like he's barely played this season. He's played over 60 games. I agree. I agree. But I don't know. I, you know, I'd have to go back. We have to go check the positions of six man of the year historically. You know what uh, I mean? It's, it, no, and that's what it, I mean, I think some of that has something to do with it, where it feels like it's always a scorer off the bench, right? It's always right, someone who comes in, yeah, it was a guard or a wing who's scoring big time off the bench. He and, should and get more. He should get more credit. I think he should get more credit, and I actually think, I think the odds, and maybe maybe in the voters' eyes, it is a closer race than the odds are saying. I, I know oh, of you course. Have, I know you have quickly bets, but I think there is something to the fact that, like, what do you want out of Malcolm Brogdon? He's done everything that like is essentially asked for a sixth man of the year winner, right? Like you're a you're at, you're at a one point basically star player in this league that we have designated to be our guy to come off the bench every freaking game this season. You've done it to a T, and like we're not going to give this award yeah. to this guy. 
I, uh, I'm definitely going to put some money on Brogdon to win this thing to offset it because I do think it's a lot closer than the market is saying it is. I think it is too. It's, so you're talking, okay, I'm pulling this up. Morton. 69 games is what Bobby Portis played in this year. 69 games, 14.1 points per game, 9.7 rebounds. I don't know. Miss some time. It's a little tough. <laughs> some time, man. Like, what the hell? All right, I also, whatever. But I, also I, think, think... I think you are right. I think you nailed it. I, I think it is a positional hate thing. I really do. It's, oh, it's just like I was listening to Kirk Goldsberry on Zach Lowe's podcast the other day. Can I say, I mean, I liked Kirk, Gold, Kirk Goldsberry's book, Sprawl Ball. Um, okay. Not the greatest hit on Lowe's podcast, but not very impressed with it. Um, and Well, because one of the things he was like, he was like, uh, oh, defensive player of the year. This should be like a forward center award. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, why does yeah. that? Why does that matter? Well, why? Like, it shouldn't just then just make it forward center of the year. Don't make it, it defensive player of the year. Because you could be a good perimeter defender and be the best defender in the NBA. I get angry with that stuff at the NFL, right? Where it's like, let's just, you know, the let's let's say MVPs for quarterbacks only, and then make or or more importantly, make offensive player of the year for well, non quarterbacks, right? Because like yeah. we always get quarterbacks thrown in there. It's like, oh, could they win this award? And sometimes it's, also, it's a cop out to not give the you know to give it to the the runner up in the MVP, right? Or it's a cop. Or and speaking of cop outs, I think saying something like that is a cop out to do research on perimeter defenders because it's hard to evaluate. Exactly. Yes. No. Defenders. Totally. Totally. Like we, you and I, were all over that with Herb Jones last year. Right. right? It was like, yo, this guy's like nobody talks about this guy, and he's lo- he's a rookie, and they're locking down. Like so. To, but to your point, so like that's the people talk about the centers and the forwards. Well, how is the NBA has been about wing scorers for 30 years now, whether they're doing it for mid range from in the paint at the rim or behind the three point line, basically since Michael Jordan, that's been the type of player that has dominated the NBA. So why wouldn't the most important defender be the guy who can most effectively shut down that type of player? There should be more importance on that type of player than the, the center. The fact that Drew Holiday's not going to win one is that's, I mean, that's the whole point, right? Drew Holiday's right. one of like, the most impactful guard defender out there. He's a better defender than Marcus Smart. Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> but anyway, all right, with that, uh, I'm all done. You got anything else before we're getting out of here? Because uh, we will be back on Monday, of course, but it's going to be a special yeah. edition of Hardwood Handicappers uh, recorded from a nice, cushy studio as we will have your playoff and play in previews. That's right. Recorded if you're listening how you normally do, but what you should do is go check us out live over at vcin.com because we'll be on there live on video from 11 to 12 Pacific time. That's right. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you check out everything else we have to offer up on the website at vcin.com. And we will talk to you on Monday because it'll finally be here. The NBA playoffs. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. 
Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.